Just a disclaimer, this episode contains graphic descriptions of sexual assault, of violence, domestic abuse. So please do not listen to this episode with children present. And, you know, I would just be aware of that for yourself personally, because it could be quite triggering. Aloha. Aloha. Brothers and sisters. Lauren has yet again graced us with her Microsoft background. <laughs> with my AI background. Bienvenidos, everyone, from the sunny shores of Puerto Rico. I am dispatching for Well, 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 yet again, another episode of Pop Apologist. Chandler, you're currently reclining on the couch of our childhood home. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? I've been testing out different rooms in our house for internet speed. So we're going to see how this goes. And, you know, if we hear background noise, it is what it is, everybody. We're, we're on Deb's program, not mine. Well, okay, here's the thing. I am also doing the same thing, right? The internet was always dropping off of my office. Mm-hmm. And then when I recorded from the table, it was echoey and the light was really bad. So here I am now in a different location, but you keep shaming me and telling me this is obnoxious. It is obnoxious. And I know you're not trying to be obnoxious, (laughs) but I want you to close that curtain because no matter what, whatever background I'm going to be recording from until the end of time, it's going to look terrible next to yours. It looks like, like I said before in the previous episode, it looks like I'm recording from a federal prison and you're recording from a vacation. Like those are real waves breaking on the shore behind you. That's annoying to me. I just personally feel like with the chaos that sometimes happens on this podcast, the serenity of the ocean might be just what our viewers need to get them through the roller coaster that is everything we get into on Pop Apologist Chandler. No, that's true. Everyone, please enjoy the bliss happening behind Lauren's shoulders. Let's get into it because today we have so much to discuss. The first thing, first item up for business is we're going to get into Real Housewives Beverly Hills. Then we're going to review the allegations and the lawsuit between Cassie and P. Diddy. And finally, we are going to dive headfirst into the article that came out in the Wall Street Journal about Travis Kelsey, where he really got into deets about his relationship with our Lord and Savior, Taylor Swift. Yes. Lots to get into. I can't believe we were graced with such a large article from Travis Kelsey. So buckle in. I know. I know. But before we get there, let's do a little bit of a Bravo moment and talk about the most recent episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. So brief recap for everyone. This was after Sutton's meltdown in Vegas. So this next episode essentially is showing the aftermath. The girls wake up in Vegas. They proceed to have separate little rendezvous. Sutton and Garcelle, they do a little gondola ride with an opera singer. Crystal and Erica, they get lunch. Dorit and Kyle get lunch. So we get some separate little conversations. Then the gals go to dinner. And then we have, you know, back in Beverly Hills, more aftermath, more lunches and more discussions. So it was a meal packed episode. I want to quickly talk about Garcelle and Sutton on their gondola ride, trying to get into it. And trying to talk about, you know, the previous night and everything that's transpired and their gondola driver, gondola person. I want to be respectful to this community, but their gondola instructor continues to break into their conversation with song. And how many of us have also been at a lunch or dinner and trying to just get the damn tea and your friend can't even get a sentence out because of a well-meaning server continually interrupting the table 
you know, more drinks. How are we doing on food? And I just want to say, I have been a server. I, I, I understand, but it is, it can be very frustrating. Can I tell you one of the things I loathe the most? It's when you're in the middle of a story, you were about to get to the punchline. You've mm-hmm. been working to deliver this really good juice. And then the server approaches and you're right. like, well, fuck. Like the entire moment is ruined. <laughs> no, it's gone. It's literally gone. It's like your moment's been upstaged. Your and I'm timing to- is ruined. Ruined. You might as well just, you know, get the check. Yes. And I'm starting to think maybe they do it on purpose because they also want to get the tea. Perhaps, perhaps. No, I thought that moment was so funny when the opera singer, like just (laughs) like knowing that they're filming a a reality show, knowing exactly what's happening was just like, (laughs) as they were trying to gossip, it was hilarious. I want to top line this episode. I did find it to be a really good episode of Beverly Hills. I found Erica talking about her precarious financial position to be, I think, the most riveting part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you really can learn the most from, and I think was so vulnerable of her to discuss, essentially, like probably Erica lives month to month now, yeah. is worried about paying bills. And I thought it was very interesting to watch as they asked that question of the table like when does mm-hmm. money stop making you happy and it was very clear that erica is in a position where you know she has financial needs right. that are not totally met anymore and you look across the table at someone like sutton who seems to still want more money how she was like mm-hmm. i wouldn't mind being a billionaire but you know in spite of her vast riches does not seem to be that happy right so it was like a very interesting moment i'm curious what you thought about that Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing Erica open up a ton on this mm-hmm. season. I do think mm-hmm. she seems like she's had some growth happen, you know, something I never thought we'd see. And you yeah. know, if you remember, Erica was a bartender or a server, like trying to make it in LA, I think, when she met Tom Girardi. And mm-hmm. I think Erica living close to the wire is actually like, wasn't that long ago. So I think to go to this high, high life of private planes and you know being Mrs. Rorty to then you know not right back to where she was but back to being stressed financially and not just having everything taken care of I mean that would be terrible and I think you would probably think to yourself when you're at the top you know oh I've come so far I'll never be back there again yeah back there to be now famous but still financially strained like that would be so difficult. Well and I think the thing that also I kept thinking about was how many women specifically go through that, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have a divorce later in life, right? but they're not on a reality television show where right. they make 600 grand a year and also do brand deals. And, you know, Erica probably makes a great living. And so she's in a much better position than so many women that are, right. that have a similar situation happen. My heart really went out to her and I felt like I really empathized with her because that would be really scary to be in your fifties and to really not know what the future looks like. Absolutely. I mean, definitely a lot of women have it a lot worse. A lot of people who get out of marriages and have truly nothing, you know, at least she has her fame to capitalize on. But yeah, I, I empathize with her. Yeah. I mean, these housewives careers, they, how long do they really last? You know? And Mm -hmm. if if you're thinking, okay, I need to be responsible for myself and set myself up for the, the last half of my life, really, it's definitely a situation that I give her props for being vulnerable, vulnerable about and talking about on the show. Well, when she said, you know, I don't want to see the bills or the bills stress me out, you know, the camera, I think, panned around the table. And I just had this thought where I was like, when's the last time Kyle had to look at her electric bill or something? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm just sure that's just like a foregone 
stress or, you know, it's just not even on her radar. Not to say that, you know, she's out of touch or anything, but maybe she kind of is. Okay. I want to talk about a moment with Kyle and Dorit. What did you think about Dorit, you know, sort of saying to Kyle when they were having lunch, you know, I kind of miss the old Kyle selfishly. And when she says, I miss the old Kyle, she's talking about the Kyle who used to drink. What did you think about that whole interaction? I feel like it's just so common for people when they decide that they're no longer going to be partaking in whatever was what their friends got into, whether it's alcohol, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I feel like that's a really common thing that happens where they almost have to like change their friend groups. Yes. Because, you know, that's just what the crew does. And there is this expectation that they're still going to be partying and still going Mm -hmm. to be having the same, you know, energy and fun with the crew. And when you're no longer partaking, I mean, the reality is, is Kyle's probably nowhere near as outgoing and gregarious as she was when she would drink. But as she said, she's super clear right now. She's feeling really good. She's really enjoying not drinking. And I think sometimes in life, you just have to make hard calls and you have to almost change your social life to accommodate, you know, your own peace and well-being. So I felt bad for her. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I was kind of disappointed to hear Dorit say that, you know, obviously she's just being honest and her and Kyle have a close relationship, but even Garcelle, you know, when Kyle the evening before had ordered a mocktail or something and Garcelle goes, how long is this going to last? You know, and I, I just think it's kind of sad to see people shaming her or saying that they miss the partying side of her, you know, so frequently because clearly she's had a hard year. And if this is what she needs to do to, you know, feel okay and feel at peace as maybe her like marriage is unraveling, People should just give her a break, especially her close friends. I totally agree. Sometimes I think people just say stupid stuff because it's such a knee-jerk reaction. Like, it's such a funny thing. Like, it's it's just the obvious funny thing to say. Like, how long are we doing this thing? When are we going to start, you know, hanging from the chandeliers again, Kyle? Yeah. Like, I just feel like it's kind of like the obvious joke to make and like icebreaker. I almost kind of like understand why they're giving her a little bit of a hard time. Right, right. But I'm with you. I think that... I like seeing her so self-possessed right now. I agree. I agree. I love seeing Kyle so self-possessed. And she does seem really clear. I like that she's portraying someone taking a break or maybe a forever pause on alcohol in a way that is very clear. And it's not like she was an alcoholic who's who's finally getting sober. I just, I like seeing this portrayal of someone leading a sober life, I guess. The one part of the episode that I felt like when we got into Kyle's marriage that I was curious or had, I guess, had a thought on was when she said that she's not the type to look the other way. Do you feel like that's true when she said that? It's just, it's hard for me to believe it. I'm not going to say, oh, no, that's not true. It's just really hard for me to believe. Mm-hmm. There was something that felt rehearsed in that moment yes. when she said that. And maybe she, yeah. maybe that's true and she just re- had rehearsed it in her mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was just something that came across as like something is amiss here. And it was I think a little that, canned. Yeah, it was a little canned. And I think that she brought up the infidelity rumors, but she didn't say they're not true. Right. She just right. said that they've been trying to dodge these rumors. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's just obviously clearly so much that she is not disclosing. Right, right, right. Side note, on a lighter note, I guess, I want a show that is just Sutton's assistant, Avi, doing things around the house and Sutton reacting to it. I feel like they have the most hilarious relationship and I I like want more scenes with them. 
he's always scurrying after her every uh, every women want yes she's like did you put that there about like a candle on the entryway and he's like do we like it like just <laughs> literally tiptoeing around her she would be a nightmare to work for i'll just go ahead and say that i agree speaking of though can we talk about the ending scene with kyle and sutton where yes she- So Kyle basically confronts Sutton for being someone who freaks out and like basically turns in social situations and has these meltdowns. And Sutton was like basically telling her to name them. She's like, name them, name them, name Mm -hmm. them. If Mm -hmm. you're saying I do that. And I felt like this was such a classic moment where a housewife is trying to be a meme. She sees the meme in her brain. She sees the gif. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to have that Dorinda say it, forget it, write it, regret it moment. She's trying to have that moment. It's almost was like, remember when Meredith was in the bathtub when they brought up that Jen Shaw was arrested? Mm -hmm. And it was like, she had clearly staged that. Mm -hmm. So it would be this like very iconic moment. Yeah. Anyway, that was one moment for me where I just felt like, I don't love it when housewives do that because it just seems so fake. Right. Well, this is a problem, I think, with, with veteran casts. Or with mm-hmm. just with uh, with us being in you know season double digits of housewives is that they now know that if they get that one moment then they're honestly like locked in a little bit more and that you know it just secures their their place as like an iconic housewife but yeah I I agree it's, it is a little bit annoying and I think we're we're able to pick up on those more and more now right right one takeaway from this episode. And this is maybe not a new thought necessarily, but Crystal just continues to be, I think, the most, mm, how do I say it? Like she just gives the least on camera. And I don't know if she's giving her most. And this is just, you know, compared to the other housewives, she just pales in comparison. But I just don't know if she should be on the cast still. Is that terrible to say? No. Why is Crystal on the show? That's my question. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be like mean, but I just, she is just gives nothing. And I, and even Garcelle, who I think maybe is also another like B list housewife on Beverly Hills, like I feel like Garcelle really tries to bring it on camera. And I don't even mm-hmm. feel like Crystal does that. And I just don't even know why, like, I don't know if the edits for her are bad, but I'm bored. I think that Crystal is a really nice woman, mm-hmm. really nice person. And that's her Achilles heel on the right. show. Like she's not psychotic enough. She's not deranged enough. She's not deluded. She doesn't have a grandiose personality. Right, right. I, it's so strange to me that they yeah. keep renewing her because I, know. I think she she seems like someone I'd want to hang out with. But again, yeah, you're right. Like I don't feel like she brings much to any of these scenes. I mean, this whole trip was like for her birthday. And I feel like she was just such like a background character for this whole episode. Okay, did you see the text message that Kagan sent me that I posted on Instagram about Clean Simple Eats? He said, SOS, we are out of the chocolate flavor of Clean Simple Eats, which by the way, I really didn't know that we could get it for free. So I've been paying full price and just ordering because I literally am a paying customer of this company. Clean Simple Eats, everyone, is the purveyor of the best protein powder on the planet. Can we just say, we've had some people get converted to the religion of clean symbol eats and they have messaged us saying you were right. It is so delicious. It will make milk taste like chocolate milk. If you get the brownie batter, or, you know, I love to put oh. the vanilla in a fruit smoothie. You just, you can't go wrong. You can't mess it up either. I would say you, it is so good. Someone texted me. They're like, does it have a weird aftertaste? I'm like, no, this is clean this is- simple eats. It tastes like melted ice cream, just mixed in cold water. And it's made from clean grass fed, perfect ingredients. Mm-hmm. What yeah. more do you people want? What more do you out want? Of this world? What more do you want? Yeah. 
I don't know. Cleansimpleeats.com, everyone. Go try the vanilla, try the chocolate. Use our code POPAPOLOGIST for 10% off. We love the sponsor. I'll be drinking Clean Simple Eats on my deathbed. I hope so. All right, you guys, a quick announcement. We are running in March a $500 shopping spree giveaway. Very exciting. And to enter, all you have to do is recommend the podcast on your Instagram stories, tag us and include a link for your followers to easily tap and listen to your favorite Mm -hmm. episode of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We ask that you only do this if you would actually share the pod, you know, with your friends on your story. You know, this is is a giveaway um, of authenticity, if you will. (laughs) Um, We also ask in that same spirit that you don't mention that it's a giveaway. Exactly. Please share the pod, share it on your stories, get the word out, spread the good word of Pop Apologists. Make sure to tag us. We'll see it. We'll respond that you're entered. And then we're going to pick one person at random and they'll win $500 to go to town with. So enter this month in March, you guys. Shopping spree giveaway. Okay. So another crazy news story that broke Chandler is... Cassie sued P. Diddy, a.k.a. Sean Combs, Mm -hmm. accusing him of rape and assault. So the details of this lawsuit are insane. So we have a quote from the New York Times. So it says, Sean Combs, the producer and music mogul who has been one of the most famous names in hip hop for decades, was sued in federal court on Thursday by Cassie, an R&B singer once signed to his label. He accused Mr. Combs of rape and of repeated physical abuse over about a decade. The suit says that not long after Cassie met Combs in 2005, when she was 19, he began a pattern of control and abuse that includes plying her with drugs beating her and forcing her to have sex with a succession of male prostitutes while he filmed the encounter. In 2018, the suit says, near the end of their relationship, Mr. Combs forced his way into her home and raped her. After years in silence and darkness, Miss Ventura, referring to Cassie, said in her statement, I am finally ready to tell my story and to speak on behalf of myself and for the benefit of other women who face violence and abuse in their relationships. In response, a lawyer for Mr. Combs said, Mr. Combs vehemently denies these offensive and outrageous allegations for the past six months. He has been subjected to Miss Ventura's persistent demand for $30 million under the threat of writing a damaging book about their relationship, which was unequivocally rejected as blatant blackmail. Despite withdrawing her initial threat, Ms. Ferentura now has resorted to filing a lawsuit riddled with baseless and outrageous lies, aiming to tarnish Mr. Cohn's reputation and seeking a payday. Okay, so the details of this, Chandler, are really graphic and crazy. Um, So there was apparently one time when he saw her talking to another guy or like another talent agent, and he dragged her (gasps) and shoved her into a car and then kicked her in the face repeatedly. And she was so like messed up that she, I guess, was had to recover for a full week in a hotel. So the thing for me that like makes this so obviously true mm-hmm. is one incident alleged in the lawsuit was Cassie says that in early 2012, P. Diddy grew so angry about her dating the rapper Kid Cudi that he said he would blow up the rapper's car. Around that time, the suit says Kid Cudi's car exploded in his driveway and a representative for Kid Cudi said that that was true. And then in another example of one of these like hotel sex, I guess P. Diddy called it freak offs. Yeah, I heard like freaky deaky or something, something along those lines. Freak a freak off basically like they would hire a bunch of male prostitutes Mm -hmm. and then he would like watch her with them and Mm -hmm. video it Mm -hmm. and i guess he had saved a bunch of the videos that she thought were deleted and like he showed her them on a plane one time basically threatening her yeah so but then in one of the examples of one of these 
episodes or freak-offs at a Los Angeles hotel in 2016. An intoxicated Mr. Combs punched Miss Ventura in the face, giving her a black eye. He fell asleep and she tried to leave the room, but Mr. Combs woke up and followed her into the hallway where he threw glass vases at her, sending glass shattering throughout the corridor, according to the court filing. The hotel security cameras captured that incident, but the suit says that Mr. Combs paid the hotel 50 grand for the footage. Wow. For me, when, the, mm-hmm. when there's actual video footage, when Kid Cudi's representative is saying, yeah, the car did blow up. Mm-hmm. I mean, this so clearly is all true, right, which is right. why he settled in a day. So she sued mm-hmm. for 30 million and within 24 hours they had settled, which yeah. I think that probably means she got what she asked for. Yep. Yeah. I think that this is just so wild. I think that if it wasn't true, he would have absolutely battled it out mm-hmm. to try to clear his name. Right, right. And these are just such horrific allegations, such horrific acts. And P. Diddy was obviously such a celebrated rapper and mm-hmm. artist and, you know, so successful within the industry. And it's just, to me, it's just like so horrifying to consider that someone who is so beloved by right. so many people was capable of doing such horrible things. Yeah. One of the scariest parts to me is just how long this went on for, which, mm-hmm. you know, since what, what was it, 2005 when they met or, you know, she was 19. Right. Right. That shows just how strong his hold on her was and how terrified yeah. she was. I mean, it's it's 2023. I, I know it feels like the early aughts was like yesterday, but it really wasn't. It's November of 2023. And we are now just hearing about all of this. Like she was under his control and afraid of him for mm-hmm. so long. And that is just mm-hmm. so terrible. And, and you know, that is just well, that will alter her life forever. I think that it said that she finally broke it off for good with him in 2018. <gasps> so not that long ago, like not six years ago, ago oh or five gosh. years ago. And then she married pretty shortly thereafter and now has a couple of little kids. Mm-hmm. And I guess the statute of limitations was coming up for these sort of crimes. And so that's why she came forward. I mean, here's my personal opinion. Like, take that money. Like, if you oh, can yeah. have anything make your life better after yes. being victimized in such an, an egregious way, right? cash that check, right? okay? Right. Like, like, people were so... Came after Wade Robson and the other a- accuser of Michael Jackson mm-hmm. so hard as just being, like, out for Looking a cash, for cash grab. Yeah. And it's like, on some level, if there's anything that can provide restitution, if there's something that can make your life better after something made it so gravely worse, yeah, Get that check. Absolutely. Especially when you see that this person is just, I mean, actually this doesn't, this shouldn't even matter, but like, especially to see that he's like doing super well financially and thriving, you Mm -hmm. know, like every action should be taken to try to make you whole. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, this is obviously a civil suit. So I don't know if any criminal charges will be brought. I will be curious to see if anyone else comes out of the woodwork because, you know, now that Cassie has been successful, there's probably... she can't be his only victim, right? Absolutely not. I mean, there's kind of a conspiracy and I don't have all of the conspiracy details like in front of me on this, but a lot of P Diddy's close circle and people in his close circle have died and it's a little bit mysterious. Really? Yeah. Like, and people who also apparently were set to, you know, release books about their experience with him have died. I mean, this is like worse than Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. in terms of like Harvey Weinstein was obviously, yeah, sexually assaulting women and raping them. But 
to add on to it, like grave physical violence. This is just another level, in my opinion. Yeah. And so, not that rape isn't violent, but you know what I mean. Like oh, kicking I mean, her in the face. She was sex trafficked. Just, yeah, it's absolutely horrific. I think it's worth digging into if people are curious because it seems like P. Diddy has a history of violence. And actually, it's not even like th- some of the like people close to him who have passed away. Those are more maybe conspiracy theories, but like he w- he's been involved in very violent things for a long time. Okay, well, well, maybe we can talk about that in more detail on the Patreon once we have more of those details. I'm so glad for Cassie that she got her settlement. I mean, I loved Cassie. Me and you, mm-hmm. such a bop. Mm-hmm. I think Cassie was so stunning, is so beautiful, such a talented singer and mm-hmm. such a talented performer. So hopefully this provides her some degree of closure and yeah. she, at least her story is known. And yeah, she got that check, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to lighter fare from the P. Diddy and Cassie lawsuit. Let's move on to the article about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I listened to this article for the record, but so a, for me, it was a 23 minute deep dive with Travis Kelsey uh, as this wall street journal reporter journalist was taken around Kansas city with him in his Rolls Royce. And we've seen a good amount of Travis Kelsey from either his podcast with his brother, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, he's not afraid of the camera by any means, but this article yeah. was just kind of like all about him and, you know, to mm-hmm. two football novices like Lauren and I, it was a ton of information about him that I really didn't know. And I was just so taken with more texture to his sort of really grounded upbringing in the past, like, you know, 10 years of his life that mm-hmm. have not been all glitz and glam. We found out a lot about him and then, you know, even more details about the past, you know, three months or however long they've been dating and where he's really been catapulted into the limelight. And so, yeah, I mean, let's, let's just talk about some of the best details from it, shall we? Yeah, I think that it's very clear to me that Travis Kelsey is a major charmer. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, the writer of this article was very much under his spell. It's a yeah. glowing article about him. But yeah, I think that there were so many fun little details and things about him that made me just like really happy for our girl and made me feel like she's with someone who I think that one of the things it says in the article is like he really is at the top of his game. He's Mm -hmm. a star within his sphere. He's a, he's a mega star. Yeah. And it's gotta be so fun for her to just be with someone who's like, who she can kind of like basically bond over both being these like mega stars in their respective professions. Like it's, it's just so cool. So it's funny. I agree with that take but that wasn't actually my main takeaway for why i was so or as to why i'm so happy for our girl do you want to know why okay yeah i just think this guy seems like salt of the earth ham Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that expression is like definitely ringing true of thanksgiving week but he just seems like he has like a really good head on his shoulders and he just also seems like really fun and like jovial to be around. I mean, the the fact that the reporter even said that he wants to potentially pursue comedy, like compared to like Joe Alwyn's being the, the deepest shade of blue or whatever, you know, his sadness is like Travis Kelsey just seems like he is consistently easy and happy to be around. And I just think that is such a good change of pace for Taylor. And I, that just came through so strong in this article. 
I feel like Travis is like whipped cream in male form. Like he's just like, he's like yes. a can of whipped cream. It's not any more complicated. Like totally. He's, he's not even like, you know, fresh whipped cream that your grandma makes and dollops mm-hmm. on raspberry pie. No, he's like he's ready whipped whip. cream from a can. He's ready whip. It's mm-hmm. like, it sprays with, I guess, ew. Um, <laughs> it's good, good on everything. No, no, none of these sound good. No, but I, I agree. It, it's, it's, it's it's the it's the uncomplicated part of him that I really yes. am starting to grow to enjoy. And I do think that, you know, we had concerns about him being potentially not complicated enough. And mm-hmm. I think I'm just I'm really warming to the fact that he is just like happy go lucky. He's got the same friends since the first grade, which is what this article talks about, you know, is that mm-hmm. uh, you know, a night for him unwinding is not at a club, bottle service, that type of thing that a lot of a- pro athletes, you know, take part in. It's him e- eating after a game around his kitchen island with his best friends since the first grade. Mm-hmm. Like he really has like the same group of friends forever, which we always talk about as like I think a, a moniker of a good person. Yeah, I I felt like I was so endeared to him when when he really talked about that. And I think that's something that he and Taylor really share in common yes. where they have their core group and that really includes their family as mm-hmm. well. Right. Like their their families, you know, are kind of within their empires, working within their right. empires and really are close with them. And he talked about how he really was drawn to her and really liked that about her because yeah. he's such a family guy. Yeah. And they do seem really cut from the same cloth in that way. I loved when he talked about how he got cut from the team when he was in college for smoking marijuana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he kind of lost everything overnight. And he yep. literally went to work in telemarketing, and te- like, at a telemarketing know. firm. Yeah. Cold calling, essentially. Literally. Like the, the worst jobs ever. Yes. Yes. And I think that there's just something about him where he's clearly not a person who's forgotten what the struggle is like. Yeah. And so he obviously like is very grateful for his life, mm-hmm. grateful mm-hmm. for his achievements. Right. He is, like you said, like salt of the earth. Even when he talked about his football salary and how, you know, he, he was like, you got to make people uncomfortable. You kind of kind of have to be a savage to make a lot of money in football or something along those lines. And he was like, I just, you know, I don't like to do that. And he doesn't yeah. even seem greedy. He's at the top of his game. He should be making more money than he is. And he doesn't even want to have those like hard conversations, which like, you know, maybe people could look at that under a different light. You know, he's not a much enough of a bruiser or whatever. But like, I really like that about him that he, he just doesn't seem greedy. And I'm into that you know for her. Agreed. And you, you, the other thing I'll say about it is there's some people are like, he wants to get into acting. He has this podcast. Mm -hmm. Like he's obviously spinning up careers for the future. Right. And I just feel like that's what our girl needs. She needs a renaissance man. She needs someone who can reinvent himself, who, you know, is going to have a second chapter Mm -hmm, after this mm -hmm. current career. I actually, Chelma, do you ever think about this? Like I consider how much are they bonding over the idea that they're potentially on the wind down from the height of their careers. Mm -hmm, I mean, he's for sure going to need to retire within the next three years or probably five years maximum, most likely within the next two to three. Yeah. And like Taylor said in Miss Americana, the documentary, like, you know, there aren't that many pop stars as, you know, women past 35. Right, Unfortunately, right. you know, the, the media really tends to skew younger mm-hmm. and focus on younger celebrities and musicians. And so I wonder how much they're both kind of bonding over looking at the next chapter yeah, for each of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Not that I want that for our girl. I hope our girl is a Dolly Parton, continues to put out albums well, I don't and think makes it, music for yeah. the rest of her life. 
I don't know that it's necessarily, you know, not making music anymore, but you know, I don't think there will ever be an era's tour 2.0. I'm sure that it's something she's considering. And so I think that's probably something they're, they both, you know, can relate to each other over. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, what are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Bravo Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo- keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav Bros. Good job. We are the real Brady, Brady Bros. Bros. Brady Brothers from the TV show Brady Bunch. I'm Barry Williams. And I'm Christopher Knight. I played Greg. And uh, who were you again? I played Peter. We've decided that we're going to do a podcast around episodes of the Brady Bunch. We're going to use it as a prism to look back to our experience doing the show and why the Brady Bunch is still popular. Have a sunshine day. We, we are, are the real Brady, Brady Bros. Bros. So a couple other things. I loved it when they brought up the uh, Today Show or Good Morning America interview with his mom, where yeah. you know, if, if we famously remember, she mm-hmm. described the encounter hanging out with Taylor Swift as okay or something like that. Mm-hmm. Be- and, you know, we had speculated this kind of a tepid reaction. You know, everyone had said, you know, oh, maybe she was just nervous or whatever. And we find out in this article that she was really torn up about it because she felt like she'd done a bad job. And that after seeing it, Travis immediately, I'm like getting the chills, Travis immediately calls her after told her what a great job she done and then said that her green eyeglasses looked great or something totally <laughs> touching like that and it was just like he just seems like a really good egg I, that's like the well, only way i can put it i know and it's like the same with her like the way that her you know she leaves the stage and she's like giving her dad a hug and mm-hmm. walking out arm in arm with her dad like right, basically right. almost every night yeah like these are such family oriented right, people right like what other pop stars do we see where there seems to be or what other people at, on their echelon mm-hmm. where they like are like, I want my parents around me constantly. Right, right. You know? I mean, we're, we're just going to l- overlook the lack of Austin Swift. Who? <laughs> no, <laughs> Austin Swift is around. He's never, I never see photographs. Of no, him. he he was at the Chiefs game. Oh, he was? With Hugh Jackman. Totally. Okay, Austin, I, I think, see. works within like the T-Swift empire. I mean, I, yeah. he is a mystery to me though. He's a shrouded mystery in my opinion. <laughs> I definitely think he probably takes more of a backseat and isn't yeah. like in front of the limelight. Right. But I think that, yeah, I think that both of them are just so family oriented. And you know, the other thing about him that I liked, I liked that he is just so effusive about her. Yes. And he's so effusive about how smart she is. Mm-hmm. So let me read, let me read a quote from Please. the article. These days, however, the, with the relationship progressing, this is talking about his mom, Donna feels more at liberty than she did on the Today Show when she was trying to be tight-lipped, but then, you know, she seemed underwhelmed. So this is what Donna told the writer. She said, I can tell you this, beaming. She says, he's happier than I've ever seen him in a long time. God bless him. He shot for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> So cute. So cute. But then then the writer says, Travis seems freer too. He doesn't need to be asked about Taylor. He mentions her unreservedly, lavishes praise on her, calls her hilarious, a genius, notes that they share compatible worldviews, especially when it comes to family and work. Everybody knows I'm a family guy. Her team is her family. Her family does a lot of stuff in terms of the tour, the marketing, being around. So I think she has a lot of those values as well, which is right up my alley. 
So then the article continues. Long before meeting Swift, Kelsey was just another Swifty. In some ways, he still is. He explains the concept of her concert. She does it in eras as if I live in a yurt in outer Mongolia. <laughs> then he eagerly informs me that the night he attended, he was counting the minutes until it got to 1989. Blank space was the one I wanted to hear live for sure. I could make a bad guy good for the weekend. That's a hell of a line. <laughs> <laughs> I can like hear it in his voice. That's a hell of a line. More often than not, he says, it's the Swiftian beat, a melody that captivates him. She writes catchy jingles, he says. <laughs> but lately, he's all about those lyrics. He scrutinized the breakup stuff. What a miracle, he says, the way Swift can turn life into poetry. I've never been a man of words. Being around her, seeing how smart Taylor is, it has been fucking mind-blowing. I'm learning every day. <laughs> I, okay, this part did like send a small like shiver down my spine because... I don't know. Does does Taylor need a man of words? I'm not sure. Potentially. Could he grow to be a man of words? Hopefully. It'll be very interesting for me to see this play out mm -hmm. as I think someone who, not to make it about myself, but I am a woman of many words. I have yeah. a podcast and obviously like words tended to be my thing in college and stuff. I was very into writing and I ended up marrying a guy who doesn't listen to lyrics is a man of few words. And I think there sometimes can be an interesting like push pull there or like mm -hmm. an interesting, like you're drawn to someone who's so different from you. Totally. And you almost feel, feel relief. Like Kagan is so light, right? Yeah. He's so light mentally. Yeah. He, he does not brood. He bounces back from things. He's so resilient. Yeah. And I feel like in a lot of ways, like I really find so much relief in his personality. Totally. But there's also like there is that tension where it's like you have this big part of yourself that it's, you know, you can't really share or you can't really or, relate about. Yeah. Or that or you don't hard like to. you don't find the same depth there. Like, you know what? When she said, Joe yeah. and I love sad music. Sorry. Back to Taylor. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like <laughs> Joe and I love to listen to sad music. Like, you know, that is a that's a pretty like. I guess emotionally intimate thing to share. And you can, yeah. you know, when you both feel the depths of the sadness together, like about mm -hmm. abstract things. That being said, but, maybe it's yeah. the best thing for a relationship. I don't know. I mean, I definitely don't feel like Ben is just like this massive man of words and is also, you know, just meets me exactly where I am, just like, you know, and wants to just be so sad or whatever. So I can understand yeah. that as well. I think that with Taylor being able to really relate to with Joe over art, probably and being able to bond over a lot of that stuff yeah. that came with a package of Joe being kind of more morose, right. more potentially egocentric. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there is, I think that there's something really special in terms of Travis being like, no, this is where she shines. Like I love it. And I think that this is, it might be kind of a relief for Taylor to I be know. with someone who just, I don't know, like, lets her be the lyric genius that she is, but yeah, doesn't kind of bring the mood down. Totally. And, and yeah, you know, in the opening bit of the article, he, Travis says, you know, he had a coach who told him, you know, you're either a fountain or you're a drain. And right now you're being an, an effing drain. And mm -hmm. I really loved that expression. And I mm -hmm. think that, you know, Travis is a fountain now. I mean, that's the, mm -hmm. like, he's exuberant. He's, he's easy. Right. And I think that is, I think that's really powerful for her. Can I tell a quick story about yeah, please about partners and uh, you know loving sad music or whatever? You and I both love the song "Remember When" by Alan Jackson, right? Of course, yeah. I remember the first time I played that for Ben, and I was like, "Please just listen to this song with an open heart and an open mind, and just think about you know put yourself in this song." 
And I like got a little teary listening to it, you know? So I I love to listen to that song when I've had half an early bird. Trust me, just do it. Um, (laughs) Okay. Anyway, Ben really did not feel anything. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's like a nice song. That being said, (laughs) that being said, he has now, he does now sort of like the songs. He's warmed up to it. And And you so I lead a horse to water and sometimes can, they'll take a sip. You can lead a horse to Alan Jackson and sometimes they'll take a sip. So there's hope. I love that Ben came around. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause and makes me mm-hmm. nervous is mm-hmm. I focus on other things these days. I don't care as much about the things I used to care about so sure. deeply. Sure. When it comes to Taylor and Travis, like this is her life's work. Mm-hmm. Like can her partner and husband be someone who is really just way more of a simpleton than her? I don't know. I'm, I'm coming back to this question. I don't know. I think this, I think this is a true opposites attract situation and, but not opposite, like opposites yeah. emotionally attract maybe. Yeah. And I don't, and I think that, you know, everyone's kind of in a relationship of varying shades of that. And I think it's just remains to be seen. I don't know, Lauren, because I also, I feel the same tiny, tiny reservation, small, pit in my stomach. Yeah. I think what he said, like, I'm learning every day from her. Like, yeah. I think everyone also wants to be in a relationship where both partners are learning from each other. And maybe she is learning from him, but like, I don't know. Maybe she's learning how to maybe not take herself so seriously. Totally. Maybe she's learning just a lot about maybe like his effusive everyday exuberance mm-hmm. is enough. You know, right, that's, right. that's what he's giving her. Yeah. I found the article to be so good. So everyone, it's worth getting behind the paywall on the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. I did sign up for a Wall Street Journal subscription so I could read the whole thing. And it really is worth, uh, it. worth reading. Yeah, absolutely. Before we end this podcast, let's just touch on some of the details from Taylor Swift's weekend in Brazil. Some terrible things occurred. The you know, the most tragic being that a fan died of heart failure. I don't actually, I don't know the exact details of, of maybe they don't even know yet, but a fan died due to the extreme conditions at the show. Obviously, this is the first type of tragedy like this that we've seen, you know, at the Eras tour. And it's just, it's just so sad. This fan was so young, you know, and Taylor released a statement about it on her Instagram story. And yeah, I just think that the conditions at this concert were really awful. I mean, fans were chanting water. Taylor was trying to give water to people, you know, and it just, it seemed like it was a total, you know, tragic, hellish situation. Yeah. So this is what, this is what the New York Times says. So it says Taylor Swift era's tour broke records in North America, but faced tragedy and mishaps during a three day stretch of concerts in Rio de Janeiro. Taylor was welcomed to Brazil on Thursday by a projection that made the world famous Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio appear as if it were clad in a t-shirt similar to the one she wore in her You Belong With Me music video and was decorated with the names of Brazilian states and symbols from her songs. But tragedy and trouble have followed that warm welcome. A fan died in the sweltering heat at Friday. Friday night's show in Rio. Anna Clara Benavides, 23, died after losing consciousness during the performance of Cruel Summer. She was pronounced dead of cardiac arrest after being taken mm-hmm. to the hospital. Reports were that she was resuscitated at the venue after losing consciousness, but then had a heart attack in the ambulance. Oh my gosh. 
Taylor released a statement on Instagram that said, I can't believe I'm writing these words, but it is with a shattered heart that I say we lost a fan earlier tonight before my show. I can't even tell you how devastated I am by this. There's very little information I have other than the fact that she was so incredibly beautiful and far too young. Taylor added, I'm not going to be able to speak about this from stage because I feel overwhelmed by grief when I try to even talk about it. I want to say now I feel this loss deeply and my broken heart goes out to her family and friends. This is the last thing I ever thought would happen when we decided to bring this tour to Brazil. So, you know, it's like record breaking heat due to mm-hmm. El Nino, which is happening. Reports were that it felt like it was in the 140s and 150s for Fahrenheit. And then also to add insult to injury on this first performance night on Friday, they closed the vents to the stadium. This was, I guess, to prevent potentially drones from entering mm-hmm. or, you know, if they didn't want people gathering outside to try to listen through the vents or something yeah. like that. So they closed the vents, which made it even hotter in the stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you see videos of Taylor performing, there's this one video of her at the end where she looks like she's trying not to pass out. It just yeah. looks... She honestly, I think she tried so hard, but she, I could tell, was miserable. Yeah, yeah. But beyond that, I mean, it is just so utterly horrible that this fan died. And one thing I really want to bring up, we have a lot of listeners on this show who go to concerts, who go to Coachella, who go to stuff like this. This is something I said on our group chat. I think that it's just so important to always put your physical health before any of these experiences like if you're at an experience like this and you feel like you're overwhelmed by the demanding physical nature of it Mm -hmm. you have to listen to your body i i listened to um someone on tiktok describe how during marjorie they felt like they're about to pass out and they left because it was so hot like obviously i don't want to blame the victim at all this is just so egregious but i do think it's important to to really recognize that you know well and i think what we've seen you know post Travis Scott Astro World, you know, situation mm-hmm. with the rushing and the stampedes and you know all of those cr- like these crazy things that are happening to people at concerts more and more uh is that you have to really like yeah, you have to take your own personal health and safety seriously because mm-hmm. while you want to go there and just have a good time, they can be quite dangerous events. And you know, oh, it's yeah. certainly something that I've like you know, I I definitely feel like I'm more aware of it just in post Astro World. I feel like that was the first time, you know, I I've always felt fairly safe. Like I went to Coachella and like, but I'm not the type of person who needs to be like front row. But I know that if you are trying right. to be like front row at some of those more general admission mm-hmm. venues, which is I which is what was happening at Brazil, you know, there's a huge yeah. general admission section. Everyone is pressing forward and mm-hmm. you can literally be like crushed by that force of a crowd. And it's really scary. And so you know, it's just something we all have to be aware of because, you know, it happens. And un- unfortunately, the venues don't always do a good job of ensuring the safety of people who are going there. And, you know, we saw that with, yeah. the, with people not having enough water. And, you know, Taylor was literally yeah. asking the venue to, to do more. And, yeah, it's just it's a terrible situation. Yeah. And I think that it probably is something, too, where people are afraid to go use the restroom because, you know, they don't want to lose their spot. Right. And are afraid to go get water because they don't want to lose their spot. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't be general admission at a show. I don't want to. I don't ever want to have that type of fan experience. It's not important enough for me, you know, at this point in my life to be super close, you know, Mm -hmm. to also feel the uh, the intensity. And frankly, you feel trapped. When you are you like, it, yeah, yeah. Like I've been in, I can't even remember what it was, but I've been at concerts where I was fully, I could not move. 
I could not move. Like for real. Yeah. You could, there's no space. It's crazy to say because so you I think can't you leave either. You have to like yell, like let me out. Like you have to like really try because everyone Dude, it's like, like panicking it's, hearing I know. about this. It's really it's really terrifying. And I think mm-hmm. that luckily everything was always fine at those situations, but it until you've experienced it, you, you like can't really understand you, the fact that you can't move, yeah. but you cannot because I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, the force of people pressing you know, and I mean, it's it's so terrible, but like people were literally like trampled at like Astroworld. Yeah. It's really scary. And to me, it's not worth it to me to be close anymore. Like I, I want just right. a seat. And even when people are trying to exit, like, you know, when people are trying to exit eras or whatever, like the, the mm-hmm. crowds can be extremely scary. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it was crazy to hear reports. I'm just going to read you this report because it was so wild, Chandler. But this is someone talking about how about her per- postponing her show. So at the 11th hour, Taylor postponed her Saturday show until Monday to the dismay of thousands of fans who had already started filling the stadium. Anna DiMata, 30, a psychologist in Sao Paulo, was supposed to attend Saturday night and said she would be returning home before the rescheduled concert on Monday because she had to work. I spent the last 17 years waiting for the opportunity to go to fulfill my teenage dream of meeting someone I've known since her very first single and to be sitting three hours in a chair, completely wet with sweat, having to overcome several personal challenges to be here completely alone. And then to receive the news that it was canceled. It's completely devastating. Taylor in her, t- in her statement, when she said that it was canceled, said the safety and well-being of my fans, fellow performers and crew has to, and always will come first. I think that if there's one thing that is, really difficult about this it's like i just wish the saturday show had been canceled earlier like i wish they hadn't had people waiting all day for it to be canceled i mean those people waited past the worst part of the heat it's terrible and i yeah i don't i don't don't know why they waited so long i wonder what changed i'm very curious what was happening behind the scenes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah very very interesting so she proceeded to play bigger than the whole sky at the Sunday show. That was mm-hmm. the second surprise song. And that was obviously in tribute to Anna, although Taylor did not discuss it from this stage. It's really, really tragic. I don't think Taylor will probably ever go back to Brazil. I don't think she'll probably ever deal again with venues that are so irresponsible and production companies that well, do and- such a bad job, hopefully. I said this in our group text, but I do wonder what this means for the tour going forward. You know, this, uh, you know, other international tours, other international right. dates and, and locations. Yeah, it's, it puts everything in such a tricky position. And I was actually messaging our friend Kyle about this and we were t- talking about how, you know, you really have to think she has so much pressure on her. She has all those fans who have flown out, who've got hotels, who've, who've had their year revolve around mm-hmm. the state. And then so in front of her, she has the fans and behind her, she has the band. She has the dancers, right? She has the crew, crew the truckers, everyone whose families and livelihoods depend on this right, tour. Right. Like it is, that is so much pressure for her. Right, right. And so I'm sure any sort of postponement or cancellation, it is just the hardest call to have well, to make. Especially when we've seen her perform in the pouring rain. We've yeah. seen her, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's not like she's just like, oh, you know, if, if the conditions aren't perfect, we'll, we'll pull right. the plug. You know, right. it, it was really dire. Before we close, Chandler, one other thing. Did you see this? So there was going to be a fan protest, essentially. Yeah. At the third night. Just the fact, what a disaster this leg of the tour was in Brazil. And they were going to, so during champagne problems, that's 
the time or after champagne problems is when the crowd goes crazy for Taylor. She yeah. takes out her earpiece, takes it all in, has that moment of connection with the fans. Mm-hmm. And instead of cheering like wild, which is what the crowds do normally, they're going to be silent for Anna and basically silent and not cheering for her like in protest. That was the plan on social media. And this is so crazy, Chandler. So after Champagne Problems, instead of having that moment, she goes immediately into the next song. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was so interesting. So it was like, whoa, she knows exactly what people are doing. She knows the conversation. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is a team of people who are keyed into the conversation, you know, letting her know what the mood is of the fans and, you know, sounds like what they had planned. It's so funny because I'm always watching this stuff and I'm like, for some reason, I think she doesn't see it, but she clearly she sees clearly it. Does. Yeah. And one of my questions is, and one, the thing I was talking about with Kyle was like, is there the potential that during the show in her earpiece, like during the first show, because for me, it's like, how does she visually see that people need water? That's very mm-hmm. confusing to me. How do they signal to her from 20 feet away? Well, they like, were, were chanting. Thirsty? They were chanting water. Okay. Because one of the conspiracy theories is that they were telling her, like, you need to, like, basically be, like, instructing for people to get water and be, like, coordinating this from the stage. Because oh, this is going to look so bad that it needs to be very obvious that this is, like, the venue failing and not, like, team Oh, interesting. Taylor. It's not Taylor's fault if it's too hot in the venue no right, absolutely you know? absolutely but yeah I mean, I she looked is. yeah yeah she, she was, was miserable it's not like suffering she, through you know, it too yeah exactly it's not like she looked perfect and it was just yeah anyway i don't think she she's has to Paulo this weekend so it'll be interesting to see if she stays in brazil or if she goes to new york for a couple days some people are saying that she shouldn't even leave because like it legally with the death like it's just it's honestly it's very very sad and yeah it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out the mom of the daughter recently said that like there's been no reach out from taylor's team mm. or from the production company no one's reached out and they're basically like having to they they live 900 miles away oh my god and they're having to pay to have the daughter brought back Wow. And that's very expensive. Right. And she's like, I my daughter's not back yet. Like it's completely devastating Ugh, in every so way. Awful. So 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 awful. Oh my god. You just you can't imagine being that parent. You can't right. imagine how Taylor's right. feeling right now. It's just it's so really, awful. really horrible. It's really yeah. sad. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, sorry, everyone. We're kind of ending on a tragic note, but we have to, you know, bring you all the all the latest you know, in Taylor world. We love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing to the Patreon, subscribing on Apple. Thank you. You literally keep us going. And yeah. Yeah. Hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving week. We'll see you on the Patreon. Okay. Yeah. We'll see you on the Patreon. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We love you. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Pop Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.